0: speaking of overpaid millionaires let's move on to the other uh, the other professional uh, sports system baseball and i may mean, have you seen i mean look these contracts it seems like every week out of the offseason of baseball, every year it seems like somebody's getting paid more than anybody else. Now we've got we got Mr. Taddis down there making how much money, Jay? Three hundred forty million for ten years? Fourteen years, three hundred forty million over oh, 14, fourteen years. 14. This kid's gonna be like what, thirty-five when the contract ends? Yeah, and you had a second, another ten-year contract, right? Yeah, 40, fourteen years, but he's
1: set like for life, and he'll probably get another contract after that or an extension. Uh, it, it's pretty remarkable. Look, I mean, Mookie Betts earns more. Mike Trout earns more. I think Patrick Mahomes earns, earns more. And that's it in all of sports. It's a, it's a huge deal. And, and it, it shows the Padres are, are really taking steps to be a contender. I mean, they, they picked up Hugh Darvish. They, they picked up Blake Snell. Uh, and now they have locked up. Uh, Fernando Tatis is going to be, like, the fate, one of the faces of baseball, much the way we've seen Trout and, and Betts be for the, and Harper for the last decade. So I think this is really smart. And the Padres is a franchise that, uh geez, has been long suffering, at least since the Tony Gwynn days, it's nice to see them becoming a major player. Uh, and it gives you hope for other baseball teams that they're willing to take this kind of dive. And it also reminds us that every, every year people talk about how baseball's in trouble, baseball's on its way out. And they keep signing guys to $300 million contracts. <laughs> they, they might be okay financially. I don't know.
0: Yeah, That's the thing for me. It's like, when when did the Padres decide they wanted to get competitive I mean it was like I guess last year when they signed Manny Machado maybe a little bit but but I know that the year before they signed Hosmer too I mean they have been they
1: decided they were going to basically bring in a free agent each year while as their farm system came of age here now you see their farm system coming of age and they get two of the hottest uh free agent pitchers this offseason this is this is your their year. They're making their move, and they're trying to they're trying to go head to head with the Dodgers, which is fascinating.
0: What do you think, Chad? Where do you put the Padres at right now? You know, are are, are they are they the team looking up? You know, I mean, are are they going to be a team to beat? Are we making too much of their moves right now? What are we looking at?
2: No, their farm system has been
0: very very good
2: over the last three years. They've been internally building. They've got a great young nucleus of arms which is what wins in Major League Baseball, 14 years is an inordinate amount of time to commit to anybody. I wouldn't do it on either side as a GM or a player. I wouldn't do that. I just too much can happen in between. I don't know what the out clauses are for Tatis. He's a, he's, I'm sure, you know, his dad was a a burgeoning star who had, a great postseason with the Cardinals back in its heyday, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't sign that kind of deal. That's that's the kind of deal to me, that's one of those death nails for both orga- organization and player, unless there's some way to wiggle away from it. Not to say that I don't think the Padres have a brilliant future. They have all the right pieces in place, and they they have everything ahead of them they have every reason to believe they can build around him and they should but 14 years man that's just I wouldn't I wouldn't sign anything over a two-year deal in any
1: sport.
2: <laughs> you're on the Trevor Bauer
1: Trevor Bauer schedule huh
2: you damn right I mean I, I, I'm on the LeBron schedule one plus one I'll give you one plus one if you show me that you're committed that's just that's I, I need to know that this is something that we're going to build together for 14 years that you own my rights. No way, bro. No way.
1: I mean, I can totally see, I see, I see both points of view on this. I think the middle ground is where you might get into trouble. Like if you're going that long and that much guaranteed, heck, sign me up, man. San Diego is nice, <laughs> right? But if I'm going short and I want to maximize my value and I might want to ring chase for a while, then I agree with the the Trevor Bauer, LeBron James method, which is like, give me my pay now. I I will play, you know how I'll ball out. I will play every day as hard as I can, and we'll reevaluate this in a year or two. So I I I'm okay with either either. And I think it's interesting that we see the Dodgers going one way with it and the Pods going the other, and them going head to head to, to kind of see, you know, not just who wins the, the, the NL West, but also maybe who, who wins it all this year.
2: Yeah. How, how do you know that you're going to get a 14-year commitment from that guy? How do you know that, that you're not going to get the chips pushed in the middle in the first two years, and then he's going to just, all right, coast? You know, that to me as an organization would be a problem. And as a player – I would want some fire under my ass. I would want. I would want. Like, where's the best opportunity to win? You know, we've we've shown that winning in any league, there's exponential value to that. There's there's ancillary money that comes from being a champion. So, don't get me wrong, Jay. If there's a place to live in this country, San Diego is my first round draft pick. <laughs> and if, if somebody throws me a 14 year deal to live there and be there i'm in but are you going to get the best from somebody over 14 years i mean are you really going to extract their best effort after they've realized hey you know what no matter what these fools are paying me they're gonna it doesn't matter if i hit 212 or 340 i mean i'm getting the same paycheck
1: I- from, from a management perspective i'll say it's you know from a management perspective, you can always fall back on trading your overpriced player to the Yankees, so they might have an out. <laughs> you know?
0: I mean, I mean, if as 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 a casual baseball fan, isn't outside a pitcher maybe like shortstop the position you want to lock up on the field isn't like in some way your shortstop like your leader and, and that's what I've always been told is like, you know, um, you know, Jeter he's was the shortstop.
1: He's your quarterback of the infield, certainly. Right, you know, yeah. The guy who runs the double play helps the, the pitcher and often the manager set up how the defense is going to, these days, work a shift, how they're going to field. But also, you know, so many great fielding shortstops, so many great defensive shortstops are not great offensively. That's why the Mets signed Lindor. That, that's why we see the Padres signing Tatis. These, these are moves and an effort to, like, you know, it, I, I guess what I would say for the football fan, people are, are more into football these days than, than, uh, uh, than baseball. This is like having a great tight end. This is like getting a Kelsey or a Gronk locked up on your team for a decade. It's that position where lots of teams are weak. And if you're good at that position, and if you can get both fielding and hitting out of that position, you're at a major advantage. If you have a hitting middle infielder and a hitting catcher, oh my goodness. Because hitting first baseman, hitting outfielders, hitting, hitting third baseman, they're a dime a dozen. But middle infield and catchers—they don't hit well often. So this guy's a, a real special player.
0: So that's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, I'm with Chad. 14 years, yeah, that's a little much, you know. But but I feel like you gotta lock this guy at least up for for eight to 10, you know. If if you've got somebody like that, you know, who can play that that, that position, that role, and be that that integral and that rare, you know, you gotta lock him up for at, at least 10. I feel like, you know. But but I don't know. Maybe. What
2: happens if he gets hurt? What happens if in three years he's not as committed? Um, look, I, I, I understand what you guys are saying because you're right, Jay. You know, it, um, a solid 350, 20, 112 RBI guy that bats third and plays shortstop for you. Those guys are hard. They're like the searching for a diamond in a, you, you can't find them. It's not it's not a reality. But at the same time. What where does the incentive go? Where is the the I, I just I, I don't know that there's going to be as much sense of urgency from him in year one as there is in year seven, and now you've got seven more years on the side of on the on the back side of it. Yes, you can trade him to the Yankees, and you're right, they'll buy it, but damn, dude, you've, you've you put yourself in a position where if this doesn't work out, you have mortgaged your future. That's a
1: lot of money for one dude. I will say that the pods have been ballsy about these pickups. Uh, Machado was a guy who was known for slacking off when he was in Baltimore for many years. Hosmer might have been one of the – I mean, Hosmer's a good worker, but of that Royals World Series team, he might have been one of the, the more, more slack-off, goof-off guys. So this is definitely a, a kind of laid-back team. But, man, when you're putting all this talent together, I, I agree with you. In seven years, it's going to be hard. And who are you going to be able to afford to put around him? But for a year one through five here of this extension, they're, they're going to be a contender, and there's no doubt about it.
2: So sign him So sign him to five and, and then sit back down at the table with him and say, thank you. We're going to pay you extra in terms of a signing bonus for everything you've done, and then we're going to – we're going to sign you to three more it's really lucrative but 14 is that's forever that is that's a whole career
1: <laughs> it, it is it's it's a crazy move you know uh heck uh, but we just saw the royals do the same oh, no the royals the, the the football team the chiefs do the same thing with Mahomes 10 years as a quarterback oh my goodness you, you get your career could be over on any one play half a billion dollars right I, I, you know, players tend to go one of two ways. They want that Bauer deal, or they want that Mahomes-Teez deal. I, I, the, the pods made their bet here, but I think I think they'll be happy to lie in it for at least the first half. I don't begrudge him. I mean, Jesus, if somebody came
2: to me with that contract and said you can live in San Diego and play for fourteen years, and here's your money,
1: guaranteed. Right, this, is, this isn't signing up with the Twins, right? Yeah, how fast do I sign? Or, or, or like the I mean, Reds or something. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I screwed up my name so fast, you couldn't even see. And but, you know, at, at $340 million in San Diego, that will get you like a two-bedroom apartment.
0: Right. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And we don't with know his, we don't know his generics. It. You know, think about it. Like his dad could have been like some great athlete that like, Turn thirty, he's like it all went downhill at thirty, son. He's like, shoot, I better get fourteen years then, man. God bless it.
1: <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I think they, I think the extra years, I think the number was what it was about, and then the pods just took the extra years. I think they were going to pay him three forty, whether it was for ten or fourteen. So I think they just took the extra years in case. I think this could have been a ten year deal, and, and probably his team was like stuck on the number, and they're like, we'll give you that number, but give us an extra four years, and they they went for the number. I, I I think this one works out. Um, I, I hope so. You know, the only the only Padre I remember well is Gwen, and this guy has that same sort of just just everyday grinding, hitting the ball, getting on base, doing everything right kind of attitude. So I hope it works What about out. Kevin I'd like McReynolds? Competitive again. Not Kevin McReynolds? You don't remember Kevin McReynolds? I remember the name, but I don't recall him. <laughs> I think I had his baseball card, but I don't recall seeing him play. <laughs>
2: No, of course you don't. You he, he, I mean that '86 team, you know, I, right? That was '86. The they went and played against the Tigers in the World Series, I think. You know, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Steve Garvey was on that team. I don't oh, know. I do but, remember Steve Garvey too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Garvey was Garvey was playing first for them. I don't know. I, don't quote me, but I, look, it's just it, any more – I don't understand the structure of contracts if you don't have a plausible out as a player or as an organization. To me, anything past three years seems like an eternity. How do you know where you're gonna be in three years? How do you know where the organization is gonna be in three years? In three years, they I mean, the Padres have stunk for so long that in three years, the whole thing could go tits up and you could be on a team that stinks is that what you want? Uh, beholden to an organization that doesn't want
1: to win anymore? I like in don't the know. middle of a pandemic with, you know, even in baseball, a really non-contact sport, you, you never know when you're to tear in ACL, something crazy is going to happen on a non-contact injury. I think, I think, I think when you can get <laughs> that kind of money, you get it. But I looked it up, man. That team had Tony Gwynn, Kevin McReynolds, and John Kruk in the outfield. That was a good team.
2: Yeah, John, oh, Cruck! Cruck! John Cruck was. Am I wrong? Steve Garvey was playing first, or am I crazy? Garvey Garvey
1: was first, and Nettles was at third. That was a really good team. Yeah, Carmelo
0: Martinez was on that team. So, what spells success then for the Padres and, and Ted is here? You know, I mean, do they? Do, do you have to win a World Series to feel happy about this? You know, in the next fourteen years, or, uh, or if you just end up being competitive for fourteen years, are both teams, are both both parties happy?
1: <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I, I think. I think they're shooting for a World Series right now, obviously. But even if they come up short, just to be this kind of competitive, to have this kind of excitement about baseball, I think is a big thing. They have a nice stadium. They, they have a, a really good setup. I think they're making baseball the, the thing to do in San Diego now. It's like you've got the zoo, and now you've got baseball, too, plus unbelievable food, the beach, all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But they're making the Padres a tourist attraction. There's no doubt about it. And look at this pitching, right? Like, Like – you have that yeah, hard the of the lineup with sick, Machado, dude. Tatis, the pitching is sick. Yeah, I, but that's the thing is like the hitting is almost secondary, right? Machado, Tatis, and Hosmer—you have those bats in a row—and it's kind of secondary to Darvish, Schnell, Paddock, and Musgrove. Like that, that starting four, that rotation is going to be just, just brutal on people, and, and I yeah, think that and all makes the arms, a real competitor.
2: Yeah, and all the arms on the farm—they've they've built an incredible farm system. I, I'm with you, Jay. I'm not saying they don't have a chance, especially because the focus has been taken off of the chargers and everything else that goes there. And again, if you've been to San Diego one time in your life, you were like, I don't ever want to leave here. This is, this is like paradise as far as what America has to offer. So I can't blame him. I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I just say, think about it in 14 years i'm going to be 64 years old that's that's like what i can't imagine where i'm going to be in two years i mean i don't i i'm I'm just hoping to keep the skis on on the water for the next two years 14 years are you
0: serious that's crazy a commitment all right so so okay so you mentioned their pitching though as well jay but the dodgers man i mean they're starting three, you know, I don't know if Price, what Price says is going to be, but Kershaw, Bauer, and Walker Bueller. I mean, that's, look, pitching is, it seems like there's a couple teams, especially in baseball, who just have some rotations that are just out of this world this season.
1: Well, you know, it, the SI ran an article this week about, say, their, their theory was that the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres are going to be the the 2020s, this decade's version of the Yankees and the Red Sox, and I I find it hard to disagree with that. I mean, the the Dodgers are the team that has for a long time spent all the money and won, (laughs) right? And and now I I think you see the Padres just a little bit far away, competing in the same division, going head-to-head. I feel like I feel like this is the rivalry uh, of this decade. There's just no doubt about it. Both of these teams are young. Both of them have talent. It's hard to imagine this not being the most exciting matchup in baseball for some time now. I think the way we watched... Yankees Red Sox games in the early 2000s is the way we're going to be watching Dodgers Padres games uh, in the early 2020s. There's just no doubt about it. This is going to be exciting baseball and both teams rotations are so deep they can lose a guy like price and these are still going to be insanely good matchups.
0: What do you think, Chad? Are we are, are we overplaying the, the, the Dodgers Padres uh, rivalry that could come up? Or are we are we overbilling these teams? I mean, obviously the Dodgers, you know, really good, but you, you can guarantee that David Price won't pitch a
2: whole season. That guy can't make it through a season. So look, Walker Bueller is filthy. That guy has stink on top of filth. I wouldn't want to step into the batter's box against him, and I didn't like to face lefties, but that guy his stuff is so gross. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I would never be able to get comfortable. His fastball rides up and in on a righty. I mean, he's, he's gross. You're, you're looking at uh, Clayton Kershaw, like one of the best pitchers of a generation at the end of his career, in my opinion, still, still dominant. So Mookie Betts is probably my favorite guy in Major League Baseball right now, just because he does all the little stuff, the glue stuff, the first to third plays from the outfield, arm talent, just everything that that is, is is what the new generation of baseball, especially since they're changing the actual physical baseball, you're going to see Mookie Best value and these guys that that are that are more gap hitters, more more able to do the little things, you're going to see their value increase exponentially. So yeah, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch if, if the Padres can maintain, that's really what it's about. I mean, San Diego is, is still not a big market. It's, I mean, it's not Los Angeles. It doesn't draw the crowd. It doesn't Petco's beautiful. you've ever been there it's a beautiful place gas lamp is amazing there's all kinds of reasons to do something else in san diego go on the beach and take your dogs for a run or take your your kids out you know there's there's plenty of distractions it's why you don't see the chargers there anymore so look I, i i pull for this being a reality i i think that the padres have built themselves an opportunity but I don't know how long they can sustain it. Not against the Dodger organization that has the pockets of like, you know, the deepest Rothschild
0: type pockets. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and look, they in the the Dodgers re-signed Justin Turner. I thought Turner was gonna be gone. You know, they just they find money everywhere just to to get guys back on their team. It this could be interesting, man. I, I I'm with you, Chad. Did I, they I, resign Turner? Did they? Is that official? I that's what I heard. Somebody yeah. told me they resigned Turner. Yeah,
2: I don't know that that's official, but if they did, I wouldn't be surprised. Even though he
1: doesn't wear the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Turner's back there for two more years. He'll probably end his career there. They the, the, they got the band back together.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, uh, it, it's hard to bet against these Dodgers and. It's hard to believe in the Padres, Jay. I want, I want to. I want to believe in this Padres team, but I, I've never, like you said, since probably that, that Tony Gwynn, uh, you know, 80s Padres teams. I, I, Padres have been awful, just awful for so long. Oh, I don't know how you buy it, Jay, but I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Kurt also- Bavakwa was the guy. That was the guy. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that, Chad? What am I supposed to do with Kurt Vavacqua? Look him up. Oh, Look God. at this massive home run! Oh. That was that was massive. That was cool. I remember John Cruck. I think John Cruck got an ESPN because he was on the Padres, basically, right? Was it wasn't Cruck an ESPN guy for a while? He
1: was probably better known for his time with the Phillies, where he was kind of ah, like a random wild
0: cut up. Okay, so Australian Open ends this weekend, guys, and I mean, are we finally seeing some passing of the torches here? You know, I mean, Nadal's never been known for the Australian Open necessarily. He's only got one title, but. Serena goes down again uh, to Osaka. She, she's kind of got her number now. And, I mean, is this, is this the passing of the torch then, the women's, Jay? Are we seeing that, that Osaka is, is – is she now uh, taking the lightest – are we going to – like, Serena got even asked about retirement. And she, yeah, well,
1: I mean, look, I, this pandemic's been with us almost a year, and Osaka hasn't lost a tennis match in that time. <laughs> she, is, right? uh, she is just tearing through people in a way – you know, we haven't seen since Serena, basically. And you know, like I, I, I was a fan of Serena up until Serena had that little uh, uh, John McEnroe-like fit when Osaka <laughs> beat her at the U.S. Open. And now I'm kind of, kind of happy to see Osaka supersede her. And, and I also think Osaka has a really good Twitter feed, a really good Instagram feed, a really good social presence. She, she is exactly the kind of. Superstar, that sports superstar that I think millennials and Generation Z wants. Somebody who manages to care about social issues but somehow still be polite and fun. Not not taking herself overly seriously, but knowing when to stand up for things. I, I think she's a great representation of tennis, and I think if there's a time for that torch to, torch to be passed, it's right now. You could not have a, a better person taking over women's tennis, and I, I think it's hers. I think as long as she takes this tournament. You're going to be looking at a year of basically being undefeated, and, and that's that's hard to top. I think her day has come. She's taking the reins.
0: Of course, she has one problem in the finals. She faces a Brady, Jennifer Brady. That's right, Jennifer Brady. Yeah. Well, you can't beat those Bradys, man. Those Bradys are oh, tough. They're tough. What? Bradys, man. You can't beat Bradys this year. They're tough. I, I don't even know who you're talking about right now. Jennifer Brady. She's, she's playing Osaka yeah, I, in the I, women's I, final. I mean, that's a – ass waxing she beat she beat she beat the bills last week you should have seen it or let in the, the semifinal. she beat the bills to make the finals so she beat be P- put pagula so uh yeah the, the 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 bills heiress or whatever all right so then the yeah, men's day no uh-huh.
2: look, i gotta i gotta disagree first of all serena aside from her small little aside of rudeness she's one of the five greatest american athletes in the history of this country i absolutely love her naomi osaka for everything jay said is exactly right she has the pulse of the country but serena williams to me uh i i don't know that i've ever ever seen a female athlete compete as hard and as well as her i love serena love serena like of all of the great athletes that I've loved, Serena is in that pantheon. I think she is in the top five American athletes ever.
0: Is she going to get that that, that, that record-tying major? Is she going to ever, or is it going to be a, just elude her? No,
2: she's not. But she won one while she was pregnant, so I don't really know what else to say. There's no quarterback who's ever thrown a touchdown pass while carrying a baby.
0: I mean, she's so close, man, almost to 24. One more to 24, and it's, it's just eluding her. And I think, I think that's where she wants to stop right there is, is getting that 24th, man.
1: She'll, well, she'll get it. You know, like there are a lot, you know, te- there are always tennis injuries. And really, you take Osaka out of the picture, she wins this, right? So I, I think she sticks around, and, and maybe she doesn't like the idea of getting used to coming in second or third or going out in the semis a lot, but I think she sticks around and wins it. It's, it's not going to be that hard for her. There's going to be an opening. Or some other young great player is going to come out and knock out Osaka, and then she's going to have a clear a clear path to the title. So I, I think she will stick around for a year or two, and I think she'd be wise to. She'll make the record.
0: All right. What what about uh, what about on the men's side? Like I said, we got we got Joker. Joker's in the final again, going for number eighteen. He's he's at seventeen right now. He's two. He's three behind both Federer and Nadal. Like, so you got to eighteen, and be two behind, playing denil. Medvedivev. I think I said it right. I probably didn't say it right. It, it, you know, Joker's kind of the only one left out of the three great men. And, and, and then we're going to see maybe the passing of the torch there. Mendevev got by I'm not. These guys' names are impossible. Um, what do you think, man? Is Joker going to be, you know, he's going to hit 18? Is Joker going to eventually overtake Federer?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not
1: clear how much longer Federer has. I think Federer can get one or two more Wimbledons even at this age because he's so good. And, and likewise, Nadal will probably end up ahead of Federer because he always wins the French. If everything was on clay, he'd have like 400 trophies, you know. Uh, um, so that And that makes it tough on Joker because his clock is winding down at the same time. I don't know if he ever catches them, to be honest. I just don't. And like you said... As these guys wind down, there, there's going to be a men's side of Osaka. Someone's going to come up and be the next face of tennis, and and it's going to be hard to beat. So I don't think he catches them. I think he's in that that awkward like uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Manning's kind of breeze kind of place where like you're just you're just playing alongside a guy like Brady, and well, uh, you know, between Brady and Aikman, how are you going to catch up with that?
0: Yeah, no, it, it's crazy, this, this generation of tennis players we've seen with Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and then on the women's side with Serena and whatnot, just, just domination like we've never seen before. And, and we keep waiting for it. I, I think I've been asking you for like four or five years, is this the year where the torch is going to be passed? Is this year where the torch is going to be passed? And maybe finally we're seeing it pass from Serena to Osaka. I don't know. I mean, it's just still, like you said, how are you going to count Serena out when you give her a full year of, of, of non-COVID and whatnot and getting herself in the best shape, maybe she's got one more great year left. We saw, we saw a tiger somehow win a major still, you know, so it, it's, it's never too late, but man, uh, I mean, I don't know. We might, we might finally have seen the torch pass. It might finally be the time. Look, Joker's sick.
2: Federers amongst the most graceful athletes that's, ever played professional sports like if you want to watch somebody be poetry like ice skate and play tennis at the same time that dude does it he has got like it, it's beautiful and nadal is one of those guys who he's a backboard he just gets to every ball he never stops his competitive fire is nature is if if I were to play tennis, I would want to be Rafa Nadal and a, a splice between he and the gracefulness that is Federer. I could never be as graceful as Federer. I could be as, as competitive as, as Nadal. But the truth of the matter is, Djokovic is going to pass both of them. He's going to be, he's going to be the guy who we measure every other professional tennis player ever against. He's going to because of his youth and his staying power and his rigidity and his always there. And who's the guy? I mean, we, I, I think we probably want to go have a beer with all of them, but how would you not want to go hang out with Joker? Joker's like the guy who you're like, that's my dude. I, I just want to go hang out with him and, and hear the shit that spills out of his mouth. I think it'd be awesome.
0: Man, you're right. I mean, he does. He does have more time. He's got. He's got enough time to catch them all and and to pass them all. Oh man, tennis! I, I'm just this Osaka Brady match, and then Federer Medvedev. It's it's going to be a good Australian Open final. All right, I think that's about all the time we got for today. Man, I'm not sure what else is going on with you guys, man. What what anything you want to plug real fast, Chad? You guys got new Jackson the Kid podcast coming out anytime soon? No, I'm waiting on the kid. You know, with
2: the kid. Mm -hmm. And I've had the kids, we've got kids. I mean, it's just like inundation of kids. So we're waiting. There's plenty of things to discuss. Your nets are obviously something to discuss. Uh, But no, no, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to make through this ice storm. I'm just trying to (laughs) to figure out how to clean up matchbox car, matchbox cars and, and Barbies and, and, you know, the, the requisite stuff that comes with just being a dad. That's it.
0: Watch them feet. Watch them feet. What do you got, Jay? You got anything to, to plug over there? Uh, MLB
1: minis. Uh, somebody started making these little miniature things that make like MLB players into like little tiny like like munchkins on the field. It is really really funny. Google that. You get a kick out of it. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, sending good vibes to uh. Jeanette Lee the black widow from the world of pool who was just uh, right. diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer tragically there was a time in the 90s and early 2000s when every women's world championship in pool would come down to, to Jeanette Lee versus uh, Allison Fisher right the black widow versus the Duchess of Doom those were great nine ball matchups just amazing pool shooting and it really started to get so young in such precarious state so sending good
0: thoughts for a while. I echo that, man. I, I mean, I, I I can't even remember watching pool without her really being on it. It seemed like the only time ESPN ever showed pool was because she was just racking them up left and right. So yeah, I know. That, that was sad to see the other day. All right, um, like I said, we'll be back next week. Every week, with the Tailgate Kings. Check us out on www.thetailgatekings.com. We're on the Facebook, on Twitter at the Tailgate Kings 101, and on our Twitters. On Twitter at Kings Tailgate and on Instagram at The Tailgate Kings 101. Lisa, we'll be back next Friday to talk about whatever's craziest is happening in the QB carousel. And I'm sure we'll have some NBA updates. All right, y'all, we're out.